On this week's No Learn From Adam podcast, the former Redskins general manager Scott McLuhan takes some time off from answering Twitter questions to answer our questions. He covers a number of areas, including what he's doing with his life now that he's moved back to Colorado from Washington, what he thinks of the upcoming 2018 quarterback draft class, and who he likes this season to win the offensive MVP, defensive MVP, rookie of the year, and the Super Bowl. Without further ado, the former 49ers VP of personnel, the former Seahawks senior personnel executive, and the former Redskins general manager, Scott McLuhan. Scott. Adam, how you doing, buddy? How you doing, my friend? You're the hardest working man on TV, I promise you. Why do you say that? Because you're, you're, you're always working. You're always going. You're doing that fantasy thing for all the day, all the time, and it's, it's good stuff, though. Do you play fantasy? You know what? I, I have my wife is this year, and I'm going to try to help her with the draft, but I'll probably screw it up, I'm sure, but I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it changes the way you watch the game and how you follow the game and how you root for the game. I'm just telling you, it's a different deal now. I, I, I can believe it because, you know, some teams, you know, you played against for a long time and never really liked them because they're better than you or whatever. Now you're pulling for one guy, and so you're pulling for them to win, you know. And Yeah, I can, I can only imagine it. It, it, it'll be very interesting. The other thing about it that I found is that the more you know, the less you know. I have had I, 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 coaches totally tell me, oh, this guy's going to be a big part of the game plan. And all of a sudden he drops the first pass or there's an yeah. injury or they're wrong or whatever it may be. You just uh, never know. But the more you know, the less you know. So keep that in mind as you move forward helping your wife there, Scott. Yeah, well, it, it, it's funny because I, I used to do the, you know, and I, I was, you know, be an area scout. I'd help my son out with picking college games each week, not for betting, but just like yep. a little club. And I, w- I was awful on it. I do a school call that week, and I know exactly the team. You know, and they're playing <laughs> well or not playing well, or who's playing, not playing. And I was awful at it. You just pick yourself. I, I, I'm, not, I'm done. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a tough thing. So so let me bring this back to the podcast here and ask, what are you doing with yourself these days since you and the Redskins parted ways? Last winter, you know what? Um, I got my scouting service going again. You know, I, 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 my year between Seattle and Washington, um, I started a scouting service and called Instinctive Scouting, um, and it, it, it was really cool at that time because I didn't have to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just sit in my on my couch. I got a big screen that I get tape and put tape on it, and I'd, I'd, I'd evaluate players for teams. They hired my service. It'd be like 150 names. They'd mm-hmm. send me 100, you know, like this time of year. And then they'll send me 50 by January 15th when the underclassmen declare. And I do 150 reports, and I just mail them out to them. Um, the thing that's unique about this year is as soon as I got back to Colorado, where I'm at now, bought a house back in Colorado, mm-hmm. I started working with agents from the standpoint of helping them, you know, evaluation-wise. And I, I charge them so much per report, and it's been a phenomenal turnout. Phenomenal. So, in other words, the agents pay you for you to recommend players that they should go and recruit. They send me names of, of who they think they should recruit, yep. and then I evaluate off of 16 tape, what would be last year's tape, and uh, do the same thing. I do a strength, a weakness, a summary, games watched, best position, why, and I give them a grade. You know, for the league, not for the individual team, but for the league. Right. 
you know, so it's different than what I'm used to because I've always been, you know, with the team and would always identify the scheme, what the, we looked for, the coaches looked for, you know, that kind of stuff. But here now it's just, you know, with for the agents, it's it's just overall where gut feeling, first round, second round, mid-second, you know, early third. Yeah, so it, it, I'll tell you this, it keeps me really busy, which I love because I'm watching football, which I love. But, you know, the first time I did this, you know, between my Seattle and Redskins things, it was really cool early on, and I got the midseason, and I got the itch for the competition. Right. You know, game day, you know, being with the team, you know, going to the game, you know, fighting with the team. So it'll be interesting this time, but uh, it, it's going good. I love it. I, like I said, it's, it, you know, I'm doing football, and that's, that's what I love to do. What do you anticipate it will be like this time, Scott, having been through this once before? You know, I don't know. You know, um, I don't know. It, it, like I said, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I always had that good competitiveness in me and wanting to, you know, be with one team and just, you know, this is us. This is We're going to build it. You know, we're going to, you know, start from the bottom, work your way all the way to the top. Um, but, you know, I'm getting older now, too, and, you know, I, I, I got really tired of all the travel, hmm. you know, airplanes, airports. You know, rental cars, lost luggage, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not making excuses, but I, I got tired of that. So right now, I, I love it because I could, be, I could be around my wife, you know, her kids, I get, get my kids to come out and see me, you know, so it gives me a lot more free time, and I, I'm my own boss. Right. You, know? you, you get to do as much scouting work as you want on a day or a night, as little right. as you want on a day or a night. You know what you have to do for teams and for agents, right. Correct. Correct. Absolutely correct, you know, and it's, yeah, it's nice because, you know, there's sometimes in the morning I'll do it, you know, for half the day and then write reports, and there's sometimes I'll, you know, be like, sitting there at 9 o'clock at night and nothing's on, I'll just start watching tape at 9 and go to like 1 o'clock in the morning and just type hmm. out reports. So, so, so where have you found all this time to be on Twitter? Because you've become prolific in the couple of weeks that you've now been on Twitter. <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, I, I never saw it before, my wife finally talked me into it <laughs> and you know you know what and, and you know i'm not a social media guy at all i never have been well, now you are yeah <laughs> yeah now but my wife does all the the, the stuff for me I, I i just she reads me the questions and i answer them and she types it all in so but you know what i, I enjoy it because you know there's some off the wall questions which is fine you know not bad but just yep. kind of off the wall but there's a lot of fans out there that are very knowledgeable and ask really good questions you know, it's, it, it, I enjoy it. It, it. it makes me think. And, you know, again, it's football. I went so, through all those questions. I went through your Twitter timeline just to kind of go over things that I thought were interesting and I wanted some more expansive answers on them. We'll get to that in a moment. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that you brought up some names in the past, like Corin Robinson, who I remember yeah. coming out of North Carolina State with this oh, yeah. huge great, was supposed to be great. And you said on Twitter that he was the one player that you thought would be a great pro that did not turn out to be that for a very, for various reasons. Yeah, no, the, he, he had some issues. And, uh, you know, now he went to the Pro Bowl one year with Minnesota as, as a kick returner. But, uh, he, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I never forget it because my dad, you know, was, of course, with the Raiders for 46 years. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that draft because I, I was in Seattle, and uh, he said he's one of the top five players, defense, offense, he's ever scouted. Wow. Yeah, he had the talent. He had the size. He had the speed. He had the tape. It's just some other issues that got in the way, but it just goes to show it's not an exact science. You know, there's a lot more goes into it. 
and I learned that along the ropes because, you know, everybody talks about height, weight, speed, you know, combine numbers, yep. you know, T-shirt and shorts, you know, pro day numbers. But it's not about that. It's about the tape, and it's about finding out who the person is, character-wise, passion-wise, competitive-wise, toughness-wise, you know. And that's, that's, that's when you start building stuff, you know, and I start kind of realizing that. And we started doing that in San Fran when I was there as a GM. And then I went with John Schneider up to Seattle. And we, same game plan, same thought process. Listen, we don't need, you know, everybody said Russell Wilson. He's, he's too short. He, he can't play in, in our offense. He, he got throwing lanes, this, boom, boom, whatever. But then you sit back and watch the tape, and the guy's a football player. Mm. And when the day's said and done, you get there on Sunday, and you're in the third and fourth quarter. If you have football players, it gives you a better opportunity to win than a guy that can run down the field, you know, four three five at six two, but can't catch the ball. You know, so it's 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 people make it a lot harder than it really should be because it's a game, and it's the reason why it's called a game. You know, and there's a lot of good football players out there. You just got to identify the person, the character. When you were in Seattle, when did you know that your organization was honed in on Russell Wilson? You were there from 2010 to 13. You drafted oh. Russell Wilson in that time, right? He was, he yep. was, he was in yep. twelve, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know it, it, it's unique. It's because we, we, we were going to take Andy Dalton my first year with John, and uh, John loved him. I loved him, hmm. and 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 the coaches weren't big fans of him, which is fine. Everybody has their own opinion, and you know we're sitting there with a the second round pick, and he's staring us right in the face. And and John goes in with the coaches, walks back to the coordinator, quarterback coach, and stuff. And they're like, he comes back and he's he's upset. He's like, we we can't take him. I'm like, well, why? We've been working on this for you know six months. He says, well, they don't think he can make our team. I'm like, okay. Wow. I said, but then why are we working on it so hard? So we we pass on, which was fine, because it probably would change the next year. Because the next year was Russell. Yep. And. Kind of the same thing came out, but listen, he's not a fit for us. He's too short, you know. We're gonna have to adjust the offense for him. And uh, and John's like, no, you know, I'm the general manager. And Pete's been really, really good about all that stuff when I was there. And Pete's like, John, do what you want to do. And so we 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 took Russell in the third. See what's happened. You you know what the the irony of that is? Is that you took Russell Wilson in the third round there. And Mike Shanahan and the Washington Redskins wanted to take Russell Wilson at the beginning of the fourth round. So when you took Russell Wilson, he was left to take Kirk Cousins in the yeah. fourth round, who became your quarterback, who now sits, I believe, in a position of power in Washington, and the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, it's unique, and the thing about it is funny. If we had taken Andy the year before, I think we probably still would have taken Russell because it's a third round. But we might not have because, you know, Andy's, you know, had to have a solid career. You know, but, uh, yeah, if we'd have taken Andy the year before, we might have passed on Russell, one with an <laughs> offensive lineman or D lineman or something. Amazing. Amazing how that works. Yeah. Now, now on Twitter, you also have been very opinionated and very illuminating on a lot of different topics. One of those is whether you would prefer Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. And you have chosen Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. How come? Just because I think, you know, I think, first of all, they're both had – Really good rookie years. There's no doubt about it. And for a rookie quarterback to come out and produce, it's very, very tough. Um, you know, the thing, Dak's got the offensive line in the running game, big time. You know, which 
it's not his fault. It's, I mean, it's, but it's there for him. It makes his life a lot easier. Carson does a lot of things on his own, you know, and not knocking Philly whatsoever, you know, but it's it's a different talent level on those offenses. Hmm. And, you know, I just think with Carson, you know, again, Dak would be fine too, don't get me wrong, you know. But also you could put, you know, some quarterbacks behind that offensive line and that running game, and you're going to have success. And you also had in – your Twitter timeline, you had a higher grade on Teddy Bridgewater than Jared Goff. You still believe that going forward? I do. I do. And I, and it's, just, it's a cry and shame what happened to Teddy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, you know, Goff, I didn't really get into too much, you know, from a standpoint of personality and really dig and dig and dig. You know, but with Bridgewater, the talent's there, of course. But he is such a quality individual. Yep, they love you know, him there. And, you could quarterback, you know, you don't want to be the rah-rah guy, but they have to have faith in you. They have to believe in you, not just as a player, but as a person, and be the same guy every single day. Hmm. We'll be back with more from former Washington general manager Scott McLuhan after this. Now, on Twitter, you also said you believe, and correct if I'm wrong, that Christian Hackenberg has a 70% chance to succeed at the NFL level. I do. Okay. You know what? And maybe I got too enamored because he always wants quarterbacks every year, especially the young ones who are playing well. And he had a really good freshman year, you know, with, with O'Brien as a head coach, who, who's, you know, who, of course, a really good quarterback coach. Um, you know, I like his size. I like his arm strength. And uh, he, he kind of went down a little bit each year in college. And I don't know what the reason was for sure. Um, but I saw that the, if, if you're a true freshman and you come in, you know, and you, and you play Division One, big time college football, and succeed. You have something going for you. That, that that's not easy to do at any position, especially not quarterback. Yep. You know, and he was. I'm telling you, he was he was special, and it, it, it it's in him. And I, I I think it'll come out again. You know, we'll see. But I know he he's not where I thought he'd be yet. But I still feel strong about it because I saw it. So if you were a GM in the NFL today, you'd have no problem having Christian Hackenberg on your roster, giving him a chance to compete for a starting job, depending on the other no quarterbacks problem. you had. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem whatsoever. Wow. Uh, who is, in your mind, Scott, the best young quarterback in the game today? Who's the guy that you'd love to have, best young quarterback? That's a good question. Um, you know, I'd probably go with Wentz. You know, with, with the size and the, you know, I, I like those guys, you know, because he, he, he reminds me of Roethlisberger, you know, the big, thick bone guy that's got the strong arm that's tough enough to stay in there in, in, in place and takes hits and doesn't affect them. You know, guys like Goff and those type of guys, they're thinner, which makes you a little bit nervous, mm. you know, just about durability because, you know, Everyone wants to throw the ball so much nowadays. And everybody talks about sacks, but it's not so much sacks. It's the knockdowns. You know, say you got sacked three times or four times, but you got knocked down 10 to 12. You know, in the NFL, over 16-game season or the playoffs as well, they take a beating, you know, and you need durability and you need that guy in there. You know, that, that, that that's your go-to. You know, so – the Eagles traded for Wentz when you were with the Redskins at that point in time. Yep. What was the reaction of yourself and the various other people in the Washington organization when a division rival 
went out and secured that position for potentially the next decade plus to come. You know what? It, it, it did surprise me. As a matter of fact, we, as, 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 as a whole group of personnel and the coaches, had Wentz higher than Goff. You know, and I, I understand why Goff went. And he's got talent. He has talent. There's no doubt about it. You know what? And he might end up being a really good player. You know, and if he is, he is. That's great. But we just, me personally, you know, and my guys are with me too. And we, we talked it through, through, and through. It made me nervous. You know, and all of a sudden, and then you know, Daxon's in the division now, and there's some good quarterbacks. <laughs> It's a tough spot to be in if you're the Washington Redskins or the New York Giants who have an aging veteran quarterback in Eli Manning because Dak is going to be there for the next decade. Carson's going to be there for the next decade. All of a sudden, that becomes very challenging for everyone else in the division. It does, you know, but that's that's why you love the game so much because, you know, there's so much parity, but there's so much competition. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why the draft's so important. That's, that's how you build. You know, for agency, it's a tool – that you need to use when you have to use it because it's there for a reason. But the drafts were where you start nailing things, yeah. you know. And I mean, think about Seattle. If, if we wouldn't taken Russell, do you think they would they'd won a Super Bowl? You know, I mean, he was a, like the, the key component, oh, him yeah. and Marshawn Lynch, to doing that. But if if they're not worried about Russell, then all you're going to do is do they did in San Fran when I was there is put nine in the box and stop Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. You know, so it makes you one-dimensional. But now you got a quarterback. Now you got a runner. You know, and you build that old line and D-line. Now, now you got a chance to win. You mentioned that you had Wentz higher than Goff. How did you rank and basically analyze last year's quarterback draft class, where those quarterbacks didn't have big grades? But it seems like the Bears are very excited about Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. The Texans are very excited about Deshaun Watson, and the Chiefs love Patrick Mahomes the second. Yeah, yeah no, I, you know what? And, and it's pretty cool watching now because it makes the game that much more intriguing and that much better for the fans is that all three of those guys have played well. You know, and, you know, I, I know John Dorsey well, you know, and yep. he's, he's with the Chiefs, of course. He compared Mahomes to Brett Favre coming out. He <laughs> thinks he's that good. You know, with that arm talent and being able to make all the throws. You know, Travinsky was a tough one just from the standpoint he's a one-year starter. You know, and the one thing I learned with Mike Holmgren with my years in Green Bay and Seattle with him is, you know, the the majority of the guys that have success at quarterback in the NFL are guys that have been at least three-year starters mm-hmm. in college football and, and had, had wins, of course. You know, so, but they're doing a nice job. And then, you know, you give credit to the coaches because, like I said, as you're well aware, you've been around long enough. It is so hard coming from a spread offense mm-hmm. and coming in the NFL and being able to call play in the huddle, which they never do. They look at the sideline and get the call. So now in the NFL, you got to call the huddle and then you got to walk to the line of scrimmage and you got, you, 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 you got your shot clock going down. And you identify the defense, and they're going to adjust on you no matter what, you know. And and they'll they'll struggle some this year because they're going to see something they've never seen before in preseason. As you're well, they they don't show much, yep. you know. But it, it it's unique, and it's it's good to see because you know they're they're good players, and and, and the league needs good quarterbacks. You know, we got some older ones that have been really good. Well, we got some young ones coming around. That's uh, I, I think it's awesome. Well, it's, it's it's interesting to me though that all three quarterbacks so far, and it's only two weeks of the preseason, but all three quarterbacks so far 
have exceeded expectations, played better than people thought that they would, and are making their own little marks for whatever that's worth through half of the preseason. Yeah, yeah, but but still, I mean, they're still getting under you know under center. Damn, these guys haven't taken snaps under center, but but they're producing and they're they're putting up good numbers. And I don't care if it's first twos or the threes; mm-hmm. they're still making plays. You know, they're the one touching the ball every snap. You know, so. It's a good group, and I'm, I'm telling you, this year coming out, it's, it's a really good group. Well, you bring up the group coming out, and without compromising all your clients for instinctive scouting, Correct. there's been a lot of talk about the upcoming quarterback class in 18. Is yeah. it as good as people have been saying, and where does it rank in terms of other great recent quarterback classes? Well, I think it's, you know, I, I, I won't compare it to the 83 draft, you know, because that was out of control, but... There's going to be a handful that are legit first-round players. I'm saying probably at least five. At least five. Well, we got Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. Yep. Who are the other two I'm forgetting, Scott? I, I, I can't say those. I'm on oh, okay. Confidentiality. Agreement. I got it. Okay. <laughs> no, there's. I feel. I feel there's. There, there's, there's going to be probably five going to first. Five going the first, and what you say, and I don't believe this compromises the confidentiality agreement, that are any group of these top five talents? High? Yeah, high high oh, draft picks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. How many of them are high draft picks? I'd say three. And when we like, could we see three quarterbacks go one, two, three in the 2018 um, tr- I would do well. That's hard. That's I mean, that's hard to say, you know, because I don't know the rest of the country yet. Because there's there's some other good players I've been watching, but I, I could say I could see three going to the top ten for sure. Wow, yeah. but and and it's interesting because we've seen enough teams pass on quarterbacks in recent yeah. years. The Browns, the Jets did it last year. Uh, this is not going to be the year to pass on quarterbacks. I don't believe. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, you, you, you could pass, you say, say all of a sudden team has four guys in the first, and, and say the, the top three go one through six, and say you're, you're, you're picking at, you know, five, and you got a, a player, an offensive lineman that's really good, or a defensive pass rusher, or whatever. You, you can know, you can bounce, you know, you can come back up in the first later on, to get quarterback, because mm-hmm. like I said, I think there's five. And but you can sit early in the second and make it the quarterback. You know, so it, 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 it's a good position for teams to be in. But if you're if you're hell bent on you know the one quarterback and he's there, you have to take him. You have to. Well, you, you brought up the class of '83, yep. um, and and again, I think most people view that to be the best quarterback class of all time. Although there have been other good quarterback classes, 2012 comes to mind with Andrew Luck and RG3 and Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles. And is this class in that conversation? Well, I can't say that because I wasn't scouting yet. But I, I see the names in 83 yep. and, you know, who, you know, the Hall of Famers and all that. I just know this. In the recent years, this, this class is really good. You know, now they got to stay healthy and they got to play well and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, I, I did a lot of work last year because of Kirk's situation, you know, so I, I was watching all the quarterbacks during the fall. You know, the young ones, you know, the underclassmen, of course, the seniors. And, 
it's 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 pretty cool. I'm telling you, there's you know, and it's not just you know gunslingers. I mean, it's guys with good size, you know. And the thing's cool, like if USC, it's a pro style offense. Mm-hmm. You know, you see them under center, you see them reading, you see them doing stuff. You know, but the the, the kid of Wyoming, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. I talked to the head coach. Called me. He said, "Can you watch him for me?" I'm like, "Sure." So I watched him. I call him back. And I'm like, "Holy smokes!" And, you know, it, it, he, he coached once. Yep. You know, at, at North Dakota State, and he said, "Nah, this guy's got a chance to be better." I'm like, "Wow!" I had a personnel director tell me last April before the draft that you could put it down right now. Josh Allen will be the number one pick in the draft next April. I know people have talked about Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and all the others, and they may turn out to be the best quarterbacks in 18, but. I know that one personnel director told me specifically, Josh Allen, a year in advance, will be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, well, I, I was impressed. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the, because the, the kid was talking about coming out, you know, him and the running back, and he said, you do me a favor and, and call the kid for me and just talk to him about the goods and bads coming out early or staying in. And yeah, I, 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 I always tell a story with, with Holmgren. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, because he, he didn't like underclassmen coming out he says scott always remember this especially quarterback position if a guy takes on an obligation if he doesn't fulfill it it always bothers me but if he does fulfill it it means he's a finisher Hmm. Hmm. you know which always stuck with me always stuck with me and you factor that into your quarterback evaluations i do i do pretty much at at, at all positions now there's 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 freaks you know the pass rusher or the corner or the running back that they're ready to come out, you know, especially like running backs because they're, they're taking so many hits, you know. But I, I never forget it because it makes sense. So it's like my children. If I give them something to do, I want them to do it and finish it. Not if it's right or wrong, but just finish the obligation that you have. Yeah. You know, and, and if you look look back at, you know, the so-called bust where the fans want to call them, you know, a lot of them are underclassmen, you know, and they just want to get out, you know, and just go play in the league. But if you got a guy that says, listen, I'm going to stick with my teammates, I said, I'm going to be here four years or five years, whatever, the red shirt, that they're going to fulfill it. And that, that shows me moxie. It shows me internal fortitude. You know, and I think that's so important. Because you know, there are going to be tough days in the NFL, as you're well aware. Oh, yeah. it's, it's not like college ball. You know, <laughs> it's not like they're patting you on the butt saying, it's okay, we'll be all right. They're like, no, you got to get the job done now. Yeah. Scott, you you mentioned that you were doing work on a bunch of these quarterbacks for the Redskins. So is it fair to say that because of the uncertainty surrounding Kirk's future in Washington, that Washington was preparing in depth on these other quarterbacks? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was. I was, yeah. You know, now that all the area scouts are out doing their stuff, and of course our pro scouts are doing their stuff with quarterbacks, you know, the regular stuff. But I've, I pay key attention to the quarterbacks this last year just because of the uncertainty. Meaning you know. in 2017, this past draft, correct? Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. if you had been a GM, do you think you might have gone in a quarterback direction? Is it possible to say that? Uh, you know what? Probably. Probably. Just because of the uncertainty. If if, if, if it was worth it. Now, I'm going to take the best player. You know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to force the issue for need, you know. Um, maybe until later on in the draft, but the first four or five rounds, I'm taking the best football player. But you still got to have in the back side of your mind what might happen, you know, because Kirkus on the tag and you know, you never know for sure, and it's not you know, it's not a perfect science. And you say, okay, well, we got him no matter what for the next three or four. Then I would have, I'd have changed. I'd have probably been watching more defensive linemen, you know. But I, I pay attention to probably twenty quarterbacks. 
<laughs> knowing where that situation's at with Kirk and Washington and knowing all that you do, how do you expect that to play out over time? It's going to be interesting because, you know, he's, he, he's a loyal guy, very loyal. Um, you know, and he's, he's a really good person. He's, he's, he's a good football player. Um, it'll be very interesting because, you know, I don't know if feelings are hurt, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, he's, 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 he's going to say the right things no matter what. Oh, yeah. You know, to the media. I mean, that's just him. And that's, that's good. He should. And, you know, the Skins are the one that drafted him. And, you know, gave him the opportunity to be a starter for the last two years. Um, I, I, know he, I know he likes it there. I know him and Jay have a good relationship. You know, I know he had a really good relationship with Sean McVay. Um, you know, and I know he has a good, good relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. So it's going to be interesting because I would think that they, they have a tough schedule, but I think they'll play well on offense. Um, they've they got enough weapons, you know, especially with Jordan Reed coming back now. Um, so he'll put up some good numbers. So it's going to be interesting. It, it's, you know, it, they're, they're in a tough spot, the, the organization, because he has all the leverage. All of it. I, I don't remember the last time a player had this much leverage. When when he came off the field last year and rubbed your head and said you liked that, what was your reaction? I loved it. I loved it <laughs> because you know, and everybody thought he was taking a shot at me. He wasn't. He was. He was just. He, he he's a very emotional guy. A very con- fired up, competitive guy. You know, it was a big win, and yeah, no, I didn't mind it at all. So he liked that, and you loved that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I love the I love the win. That's for sure. <laughs> how how is Sean McVay going to do as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams uh, with your guy Jared Goff there? You know what? It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, he's young. You know, his first time being a head coach, and I've been around a couple of them, and it, it's tough because you know, as a coordinator, it's hard enough. You know, because you you game plan and you scheme and you try and get the you know everything together for the week. But as a head coach, you got to have both sides on your mind um he's highly intelligent you know he called the plays the last two years and uh i thought he did a really good job he uh he works incredibly hard um and again a guy you respect because of the person he is you know so i'm pulling for him but there's gonna be there's gonna be some tough times you know as there is with any coach even a veteran coach during the season you know with injuries and stuff like that but uh, I think he'll do good. You know, he, he, it's very important to him, very important to him. And he's all ball now. He's, he's all football. Let me ask this question, Scott. If you were the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, uh-huh. how would you handle that quarterback situation? Well, the, the thing about it is, he, I guess they they picked up his option, right? Yep. Injuries, the same thing we do with Robert. Um I, I would address it, you know, and I, if this is my first year there, I'd be like, okay, well, we're in a little bit of a bind here. But, you know, the thing of these, these quarterbacks, he kind of reminds me like of Alex Smith, where when we took him, that was one overall my first year, you know, in San Fran, I told the coaches, I told the ownership, I said, listen, we will always be as good as the people around him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to win it for us. And he's not John Elway. He's not – you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you can go on and on. But it's not about him. Everybody's going to put the pressure on him because he's such a high pick in the first round. But the guys that we take in the fifth, sixth, and seventh have a chance to make him better, you know. And it's not just on offense, defense, and special teams. You know, it's a, it's a team game for a reason. There's 11 guys on the field for a reason. 
you know, and he, you can't give up on young guys, you know. And now if he's not right, it's not right. Maybe he can't handle I don't know. But I watched the other night, and you could tell he doesn't have any confidence. And, you know, and he had it coming out. It's just that it's like David Carr, you know, going to Houston. Yep. You know, it's just he got so beat up because the old line couldn't protect him that mechanics go away, technique goes away, and confidence goes away. And you lose that, it's tough. Well, you mentioned that RG3 situation. They picked up the fifth-year option. I wonder if, with the fifth-year option being picked up, they won't play him at all during the regular season if he doesn't win the starting job, and they just put him on the bench and leave him there so as not to risk that injury. Yeah, well, the the reason we did it is because we weren't for, for sure known exactly what Kirk was. You know, so this was protection. Some people in the organization thought Kirk wouldn't succeed and Robert would come in and take the team over again. You know, and I really couldn't fight it too hard because there wasn't enough tape or enough, you know, layout for what Kirk was going to be to really sit there and say, this is what it's going to be. You know, the thing with Blake is, you know, he's, he's played enough where and I know his wins and losses is not good and picks and touchdowns is not good, but you know there's a reason why they took him and it's not like he's a bad guy. It's not like he's getting in trouble off the field or getting suspended or anything like that. But you you, you got to surround guys with good football players. Yeah. You have to. I mean, there's only there's only so many Andrew Lux. You know, like I said, John Elway's. You know, Tom Brady's, Joe Montana's. But there's a lot of talent there in Jacksonville now. Oh, there is. Yeah, but the old line in the running game, you know, the old line, you know, that's me personally. Yeah. You know, the old line, you got you got to be able to pass protect, and you got to be able to run block. If you do that, it gives your quarterback more time. If you run the ball, it gives you play action, and it gives you more time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you get things clicking. Now you're going. We talked about this year's quarterbacks. I wanted to ask you about this year's running backs because I think this is a crop of rookie running backs in this league that's going to make its mark between Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, on and on and on. There are a lot of good rookie running backs. Which one do you expect to make the most significant impact early on? Well, I think Fournette. I think Fournette. You know, I've always been, you know, biased to SEC runners that have production from day one. You know, because it, it's, that's the league, you know, and that's good football players you're going against. I think Fournette, but the, the, the guy intrigues me, too, is Kamara. I give him Tennessee. I like him a lot coming out. Sort of the Saints. Why do you say Kamara? Just because watching tape. You know, yeah. I, I knew he wasn't a big name. You could get him a little bit later. You know, Fournette, you knew it was going to go. Um, he just, he's, he's got, he reminds me of Frank Gore. Faster, but it reminds me of the same running style. Fournette does. No, 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 Kamara. Kamara does. Oh, it reminds you yeah. of Frank Gore. Wow. Yeah, because of size, the build, the strength, and the, the running style. You know, for, 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 the thing about Fernand, you know, he's a bigger guy. You know, but yeah, no, Kamara. He really intrigued me. He's one of those guys. You know, you go through, you know, one thousand guys in your draft meetings. He's one of the guys that really stood out to me. You know, the Saints. I think they talked about him in round one, and yeah. he wound up going to them in round three. So that tells you right then and there that they like him. Anytime you see a player like that go to a team in an offense like that, you know he's going to have some type of impact there. Okay, how about with the season upon us here? Give me a forecast for an offensive MVP, a defensive MVP, a rookie of the year, and a Super Bowl champion. So like all the categories out there, Scott, what are holy, we expecting holy, to see this year? Holy smokes. Oh, yeah, we're coming out guns blazing here. <laughs> you're, throwing, you're, 
throwing the okay, so you want offensive, offensive MVP, MVP first. Yep. Okay, Tom Brady. Easy, right? Yeah. Defense is easy too. JJ Watt. What and why do you say what? You don't have any questions about him bouncing back from the injuries? No. No, not with his makeup, no. No. Matter of fact, I think he'll come back stronger. Huh. I think yeah, no, he's 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 special. Rookie of the year? Oof. Um I'll probably go for Nick because he's going to have a lot of carries. A lot, right? Hard to argue yep. against that. And he got a Super Bowl champion for me this year. Well, do you want me to be status quo or you want me to go out on a limb? I want you to go on a limb. I, you know, okay, you could say the Patriots like everybody else, right? Well, yeah, that's status quo. Yeah, and, gonna, and go on a limb. I'm going to say Oakland Raiders. The Raiders? Yep, yep, there you have it. How about that? Why, do you, why the Raiders? Because... I, I, the, the quarterbacks only get better and better. Um, I love their receiving core. Their old line is big and nasty. Um, the only thing that can hold them back, really, is their secondary. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they've they improved it, but it's still way to be seen. You know, but, you know, they were playing really well before Carr got hurt. Really well. They, 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 they might have challenged last year had he not gotten hurt. Correct. Correct. I, I could see that happening last year. Yeah. So... Um, now, as for you and your future, do you see yourself returning to the NFL one day, or do you see yourself sticking with the instinctive scouting service that you're doing right now? Well, for, for right now, I, I'm doing my service. Like I said, I'm enjoying it. Um, it, it. You know, I've been in the league 23, 24 years or whatever, and it gives me a little break from the mayhem and the politics and all that. But I could, I could foresee myself getting back in the league, yes. At some point, and what would it take for you to get back in the league at some point in time, Scott? You know what? It's it's not so much the title; it's just the right opportunity and the right organization and the right structure. You know, because like you said, I'm a scout. You know, I, I was a scout. They, they gave me a title. You know, but I'm still just a scout. And uh, you know, it, it just has to be the right opportunity, and the right structure, and the right people. Hmm. Well. We'll keep our eyes open for you out there, right? I appreciate that. <laughs> now, before we let you go, I always wrap up these podcasts with a little quick questionnaire, uh, and I'd like to know the last time that you cried, Scott. Oof. Uh, probably when I walked out of the Redskins building. Tears then, huh? Yep. How come? Just passion. You know, I, 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 a lot of good people there. A lot of, A lot of really good people there. Someone calling there? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's not you calling me, so we're okay. But, yeah, you know, a lot of relationships you build with coaches, with players, you know, with ownership, um, secretaries, janitors, you know, and just knowing you're leaving that, you know, you're not coming back to it, you know. So it's just, it's just passion for the people that work yeah. so hard in the building. Makes a lot of sense. Last meal on earth. If you had one more meal, what would it be and where would it be? It would be spaghetti and my wife would be cooking it. <laughs> That's a good one. That, <laughs> that, and who would be invited to that dinner for that last spaghetti meal with your wife cooking it? Who would you like to have at that dinner if I give you free reign on guests, alive, dead, historical figures, famous figures, whoever you want? Who's coming to the dinner? Brett Favre. Well, you know what? It's cool about him. You know, of course, I worked there, but he played with my brother. You know, one year in Green Bay, so they became pretty close. And 
Yeah, we had a lot of fun together. He's, he's a great guy. Great guy. You, you know, your brother Dave, to give you an idea how old I am, I actually covered him when he was a defensive back at Colorado. <laughs> you are getting old. We all are, buddy. We all are. <laughs> that, that tells you how long I've been around. Hey, Scott, I want to thank you for taking some time today to answer some of these non-Twitter questions that have appeared on Twitter and in other avenues. And I want to wish you the best of luck in the next chapter of your career with instinctive scouting and with everything else that you do. I appreciate it very, very much. If you ever need anything, give me a holler. We'll be in touch, Scott. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you.